This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Chiesi. Providing innovative neonatology solutions for more than 35 years, Chiesi is committed to supporting the neonatology community and the NICU families you serve. To learn more, visit www.nicuconnections.com slash incubator. This is The Incubator, a weekly discussion about new advances in neonatology and the fascinating individuals who make this progress possible. I am Dr. Ben Korsha. And I'm Dr. Daphne Yasova-Barbeau. We are neonatal intensive care physicians. Welcome. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Incubator Podcast. We are joined by Dr. Brianna Bartoni and Dr. Aaron Rose. How are you guys? Doing well. Very good. <laughs> um, tell us a bit, um, what are your respective roles uh, with the CHNC? Uh, so I am the CIQI program manager for CHNC. I've been in that for about three years now. So uh, responsible for being project manager for the QI collaborators that CHNC and I am actually the um, CHNC CIQI inaugural fellow. Uh-huh. Um, so have been doing that for about a year and a half now. That's awesome. So we were just talking a little bit in the last interview about all of the projects being done by the CHNC, but it looks like we're going to have the opportunity to talk to you about the infrastructure and how things work behind the scenes. Tell us a little bit more about that. So I, I would say there's some major points inside the infrastructure. Um, myself, not to call myself a major point, but uh, I, I'm, I work with two specific entities inside of our QI infrastructure, one being our steering committee. Uh, that committee would be responsible for looking at the topics that we want to entertain for QI collaboratives. And then after we have gone through a process to, to establish what the collaborative is going to be, we work with what we call a project management team or planning committee. And Brianna, being a, a member and having gone through that the first time, I'm sure she can tell you some, some good stories about that. But that's more focused around the actual collaborative itself and the operation logistics of it. We are so impressed by how many projects the consortium has ongoing. But how do you triage what needs to be tackled next? And how do you engage institutions to really join projects that are important to them? So I, I wouldn't be a quality professional if I didn't tell you that we were doing small tests and evaluating how we go about of doing course. that all the time and determining if there's a better way. Yeah. Um, but to date, what we traditionally do is do a call for projects that are of interest to member sites uh, with CHNC, and then we evaluate them based on established criteria mm -hmm. uh, that interest to those sites, the, the impact that we believe it can have for the patients and families. And once we've evaluated that, we score them out and make a selection. Um, the, the big big thing we want to make sure that we do is choose things that are of interest and are going to be engaging for the sites when they participate. Um, that helps us with the buy-in, but it also helps with the collaborative itself because the power of the collaboratives really come from the messages. Thanks for outlining that process. I sometimes feel like people who aren't engaging in QI might have this misperception that this is somehow less rigorous than say other types of research, but in truth, the QI paradigm is incredibly structured. Yes, it, it, 
again, quality professionals, we, we love organization out of chaos, perhaps. And so um, creating the standards and then living to them is really what you know creates the power behind it, too, I would. So, uh, again, I think it also helps with the buy-in. And that's I can't stress enough how crucial that is to have folks engaged in the work participating and then sharing across institutions because that's where the learning and the real magic happens as well as collaborators. And how long do you get to be the fellow? Does that mean you're also a fellow, a NICU fellow or not? not? So I finished NICU fellowship five years ago now. Um, and so as the, the fellowship, the CIQI fellowship was designed, um, you have to be in TCAN. And so it's a partnership with TCAN. And so you have to be within that first seven years out of fellowship. So I started about a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the application process was in fall of 2021. And then I started the uh, program in March of 2022 um, and then have been a part of it since. So you would have to be within that first few right. years. Um, you can apply if you're in fellowship also. We tend to make these leaps so quickly, like, oh, it's a fellowship, so it's for fellows. <laughs> and so it's it's important to understand that you you can apply from fellowship all the way through our early career. Yes. Uh, so that's absolutely. important. And how long do you get to be the fellow? <laughs> so that's a great question. <laughs> so I hope they're going to step with you for a long time. <laughs> um, so the fellowship is designed around one of the CIQI projects. So, I, so there's a... Um, a lot of design that went into it and a lot of different things that the fellowship was able to hit on. And a lot of it is, is yeah, the learning that goes along with the fellowship. So part of what was really big and eye-opening to me was I, I felt like what, what Aaron was just talking about, how a project was before I came into this, yeah. right? And um, I've been able to learn a lot through the, through the leaders, through Aaron, about how that process developed and how the project comes to be and, and why that project was selected. Um, and then, so the fellowship itself, um, for me, will go through the uh, end of this project home. So the current CIQI project or initiative that we're working on now. How, um, what prompted you to want to take this on? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, so I, uh, my background, I did actually a, a quality and safety leadership fellowship close to my neonatology fellowship. So it overlapped with my neonatology fellowship. So I was really interested in, in quality and safety. Um and even with that experience, I felt like what I was really lacking was the collaborative work. So how does quality work at, as, a, as a collaborative? And how can you make change not just at your institution, but how can we get people to buy in and be on board um, to make change and impact ABs across the nation, right? Um, and so what really interested me, me and what really pulled me to this was how does this work and what can I learn from a quality standpoint about this? And I will say it has far exceeded every expectation that I had uh, prior to this. What have you learned about how the QI project is selected? Yeah, so so I've learned that there is a very rigorous, like Aaron was talking about, there is a rigorous selection process. So at the beginning, um, you know, there's a call for projects. But one of the, or a couple of the criteria that are really important are making sure that, you know, CHNC is the collaborative, the collaborative is, is, is amazing, but there's also a database that's part of it, right? right. And so the data that goes into it, a, a big part of the selection is, can we use the data that we have as a part of the database? Um, so that's a really important part of it. The other part of it is like um, some of the buy-in and making sure that the project is hitting multiple populations. So it's easy, I think, you know, in a children's hospital, we have a lot of sort of subpopulations. Um, so it's easy essentially to hit maybe one of those or two of those. But part of project selection is also, can we make sure that we're having kind of the biggest impact? Right. The impact most of the babies right there. Um, for people who are interested in following in your footsteps, what was the process uh, like when you brought this up to your institution 
And what kind of reaction did you get? Is it was it one of support? Was it one of well, you're supposed to be trained? Uh, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Perhaps. So I would say that um, I'm extremely blessed in that my institution was extremely supportive. Um, and so this actually came out and I, I had um, Dr. Toby Anowitz, who was um, one of the uh, one of my partners at Pittsburgh, who said, hey, I saw this, Brianna, and I think that this might be a great thing for you to look into and to apply to. Um, and so the application process came forward. And um, so before I applied, I went to, uh, you know, leadership and went to the to the chief at that time and said, hey, I'm really interested in this. This is what I think that this would do for me personally and my group personally. And this is how I think that this is going to help our institution. That's a smart way of doing it. So what I hear you saying is you're really using that QI background to engage your stakeholders. Yes. Yeah. No, I tried. I tried a little bit of that because I think that's important. Right. So this has been incredibly uh, you know, helpful for me personally. And when we talk about building a QI portfolio um, and promotion, right, this is an incredible thing for that. And I think also from this, I'm able to bring a lot back to my institution and have learned so much about not just CHNC, but why a lot So since you said that your institution was strong support, can you say which institution? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm at uh, University of Pittsburgh Medical Very nice. Yeah. Very. So can you tell us a little bit about Project Home? Sure. Well, yep. Yeah. Oh, you want me to go? Okay. Lead the way. Um, yeah. So Project Home is a uh, home on milk every time. Um, and it is initiative to increase the rates of maternal or parental um, breastfeeding at discharge. It is in line with some of the U.S. news. So I think when it's, you had talked a little bit about what the leaders buy in. Some of that helps because most of the institutions are participating, or many of them are participating in U.S. news. Right. And this is one of the metrics. Right. Um, and so, uh, yes, yeah, so Project Home is, is working on that. I don't think I could have said that better myself. For institutions who are trying to do similar projects, maybe they aren't a part of this agency, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about your targets for change. Yeah. Um, so we have a number of different things that we're looking at. Um, one of the big things is education. So I think that um, Bev, when she was up here before, had talked a little bit about um, how the metrics are designed and how they're put together and um, how we make recommendations. Um and the sites can decide to adopt what they're able to do based on uh -huh. their, um, the current site. And so the big things that we're looking at are um, education from their physician or APT staff um, to the uh, lactating point within 72 hours. Um, so making sure that we're touching base with them. We also have education um, from staff in general. And so that may look differently depending on where that is, whether that's lactation support, whether that is um, that's a nursing staff that's able to do that. Um, we are looking at skin to skin care. So we're looking at kind of early markers of breastfeeding and uh, looking at skin to skin care, looking at um, the drug breastfeeding for the first oral feed. So having the first oral feed be at the breast. Just a, a, an important term that you stated was target, and the first thing that popped into my mind that I think needed to highlight is that we understand that sites are at different places when they join these collaboratives. There, there are some that perform very, very well already when they join, and they just want to either maintain or move it to that next level. And there are other sites that, that aren't in that same space. And so we acknowledge that as part of the collaboratives. We don't expect everyone to get to the same finish line uh, mm -hmm. inside of the collaborative. We want them, as Brianna said, do what you can where you're at um, and, and learn from those who perhaps are performing better. Again, that's the magic of the collaborative. But if you're starting, you know, at a lower point, don't don't aim for, you know, trying to be number one at the end of the collaborative. We're aiming for improvement. That's really 
the marker and the goal of this and the, the target, as you will. So we make sure that individuals are striving to improve, not necessarily be best in class as part of the library, because that is a dangerous track inside of Boeing. Two questions about that. Then does that mean that a project is never really finished? There's always an opportunity to go back. And because like you said, um, maybe you're performing at a very high level, maybe you're not. But if you're if you're not, then there's always room to say, hey, let's do this again and keep keep improving. Brianna knows this about me. I have really corny quotes sometimes when Go I ahead. talk about quality improvement. <laughs> gonna... and, and, and a much wiser person than me once said, quality improvement's exactly like Jello. There's always room for more. Um, <laughs> so, and I, I think that's true in this yeah. regard. You know, it, we, we always want to be better than what we were the day yeah. before. Um, and you're always working as a quality improvement professional, you're working to put yourself out of a job knowing that realistically it's never going to happen because there's always something else mm-hmm. to begin to do. So um, I think that's important to recognize because if you, if you aren't say best in class, it's easy to put yourself down because you're not. And really you need to reflect on the positive of, of what you're doing in the quality improvement work. And, and I think we've taken that. Yeah. The, that there's there's been some very interesting data about this showing that no matter where you rank, the, there's always a timeline for catching up. So it's there. You just you just need to stay on track and you will catch up. Like it is proven. Absolutely. So I could not agree with you more. Absolutely. I think can I, I just, there's one thing I wanted to highlight about the about the collaborative that I think is um, really important and something that's that's unique for the for the sites that are participating is really these huddle phone calls. And so twice a month we have what we call huddle huddle calls that we have facilitators for. And it's an opportunity for, for us to bring out enough discussion points. And yeah. It's really for people to go back and forth and have discussions and can bring up, like, what are your local struggles? What are you struggling with? And there's other sites that are on there that, that may be doing that really well and they have ideas. And I think in terms of kind of the takeaway that those kind of practice recommendations are great. And those huddle calls really, I think, help to accelerate that. Absolutely. Sorry. You know, in, in my own experience with some of these uh, huddle calls, you know, we've been talking a little bit about the quote-unquote high performers, but this kind of collaboration seems to level the field a little bit so that anyone, no matter what stage in the project, can share an idea that might have an influence on all of the other units, even those that are, you know, performing very highly or very uh well, um, I think that's what's so kind of interesting and exciting about this kind of work. I I don't know that I have a specific story as of right now, but I, I'm just going to reiterate that point, yes. which is and Brianna's point, which is the learning and sharing. And when I keep talking about the magic, that's really what I'm referring to, um, is everyone is really learning from each other. So all it takes for that minor or major breakthrough is hearing one other person say, you know what, we had that problem and... This is what we did. You may want to try. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where, the again, the real power of everyone coming together. And quality improvement doesn't happen without learning. And so that's this is really just creating a foundation and an environment where that can take place. Brianna, does that mean then on Aaron's point that as your fellowship ends, you'll be mentoring new fellows and they'll be like, bit in a Tolkien fashion, like the fellowship of the QI? I'll answer for it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. See one, do one, uh, teach one. Absolutely. I mean, and, and the thing that's been really neat that I will say about, about the leadership and the and steering committee and staff here is they have been so open to say, like, you know, oh, we're, we're thrilled that this is going really well. 
and we want to know what's not going so well. So we can make that right. Absolutely. No, no, Aaron, Brianna, thank you so much for making the time. Thank, thank you so for having us. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Incubator. If you like this episode, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or the Apple Podcast website. You can find other episodes of The Incubator and new shows from The Incubator Network on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or the podcast app of your choice. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to send us questions, comments, or suggestions to our email address, nikupodcast at gmail.com, or by visiting our website, www.the dash incubator.org you can also message the show on instagram or x formerly known as twitter at nikki podcast thanks again for listening and see you next time this podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice if you have any medical concerns please see your primary care practitioner thank you